Hi, this is Donna Valentino. Welcome to Kick It With Donna. Are you ready to get real? Let's talk. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Kick It With Donna. I'm here with Marjorie Miller. She's done at least three podcasts This is my fourth. This is her fourth. This is number four. So we are going to continue our series on changing perspective. And today we're going to talk about gratitude. I'm grateful for a lot of things in my life, but I wasn't grateful for some of the things that were staring me in the face. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is because I had a coaching session with Marjorie a week ago. And it's something I've kind of been wanting to do because Marjorie is just so amazing as a coach. She's so has a plethora of information that you can never get tired of listening to Marjorie talk. But I went in to talk about, uh, I don't know exactly what I was trying to talk about, my perfectionism, uh, just a kind of a number of things, things I've been kind of working on for myself. And Marjorie knows a lot about me, and I think I've shared quite a few things with you as well. As far as my childhood, my mother was a um, born-again Christian, and she kind of took it to the nth degree. So it was a very challenging childhood in that regard because I wasn't ever really able to be me. I was my mother's child and I had a younger brother and and we both were brought up in in this very religious background and it kind of created issues for me going along once I left home. I married a Jewish man and had two children and raised the kids Jewish and a lot of the reason why I did that was because I wanted nothing to do with my religion because quite honestly I was kind of like pissed off at God. I blamed him and it really wasn't the message, it was the messenger. And I have been harboring ill will feelings toward my mother for all the years I'm alive and we have no relationship. I've seen her maybe on two or three occasions and I don't want to bore you with all those details but nothing solid ever came from it nor did I really expect it to. She never really got me but she never really wanted to. And she pretty much threw both of her children, not just both of her children, but the rest of her family members kind of on the heap. And that's what she chose to do. And I never understood it, especially after becoming a mother myself. I didn't understand as I'm changing the endless counts of dirty diapers and doing the potty training and the disciplining and taking my kids here, there, and everywhere. I couldn't understand how, as a mother, you could just say la vie, you know? And when I brought it up to Marjorie, she asked about my childhood, and specifically she asked about the ages of between two and four. I don't know what you remember between two and four, but I sure as hell don't remember anything. But I can tell you what my environment was like, because my mother came from a Catholic family, and my dad was Catholic as well, but they weren't practicing Catholics, they were Catholic. And my mother coming home with, it wasn't actually her, it was her sister, four years older, it came home with born-again Christianity, and it became a family rift because they couldn't understand why you would go from Catholic to born-again Christian when you were raised as a Catholic. So me being baptized as a Catholic, my brother coming along 18 months later was not. And that's really what kind of caused the rift in the family. It also caused a huge rift in the marriage because my mother was if you don't follow the path of the Lord, you can't sleep in bed with me. Well, I probably don't really have to tell you what that did to their sex life and their marriage thereafter. So the marriage wasn't really great, and it did eventually end when I was about 10, 11 years old. But bringing all this up, I should probably let you say this part, 
Well, what I asked you about was because you were so abandoned in your sense of yourself, then is it possible that the perfectionism was a defense mechanism to try to be perfect so that you would belong somewhere? Okay, fair enough, because I still to this day am as neat as a pin and I like it. It's just who I am. And I keep my house, you could probably eat off the floor in my house, but I've always been that way, and I personally don't want to change that. Well, it's not that the habit is, it, first of all, I, I'm a Virgo, for example. I was born in September. So I, I have a natural tendency toward neatness. It's sort of my astrological sign, or, you know, if you don't like that, it's still just part of my character. So some of us come into the world with certain characteristics like neatness, but when you go overboard with it, then it becomes sort of pathological. And that's why, and not pathological like you're a patholog pathological trouble person, right. but it becomes something that sort of takes over your life. And that's the only reason to talk about it is if it's the only go-to you have of trying to make everything in order in order to feel safe, then that's something to think about and try to figure out so that it doesn't run your life. I don't ever felt like it ran my life. I felt like it kept my life in order. Well, when you told me that you couldn't go to sleep at night with a glass on a countertop, yes, this then is that guilty. is running your life. <laughs> that glass being out of place, not on the shelf or in the dishwasher, that is a form of something else outside of you running your life. Because okay. you're saying, I can't do it because I have to. You know, the whole OCD thing is, I mean, there's a lot of studies on it. And it's not unhealthy to be neat and tidy. There's nothing wrong with that. It's when we're so neat and tidy that we cannot function without it in any way, then it can kind of get in the way sometimes. Well, that's a, that's a really good point because I know that when I was married, my husband was a slob. It took everything I had in me, <laughs> everything I had, and then some, to survive. That may sound lame, but when you're really neat and tidy and you're with someone who isn't, it puts a real strain and a stress in the relationship. At least it did for me. So what I'm going to point out is that's a way of it taking over because you simply couldn't, you said survive. It, you didn't go, oh, he didn't clean that up, so I will, as a sort of like, you know, give and take. It was, I have to have it clean. I have to have it neat. And so the stress inside you of trying to live with that would feel destructive. I never looked at it that way, but yes, I think... What I did and what I tend to do always is try to find another solution. So for me, that solution was getting a housekeeper in the house every day. And I did not grow up that way. We did not grow up with, if we had two nickels to rub together, it was a lot. Mm -hmm. So the very first time I had someone come and clean, it was on a friend's recommendation. My kids were young, six and three maybe. And I had her come in to clean and I thought, Oh my God, you have been missing out. What, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Whatever the money it was that I spent that yeah. day, I thought, this rocks. Okay. So, so you gave yourself a solution to keep your yeah. mental health intact while yes, you were living with this situation. Correct. And I'm not saying that was wrong. That was a great <laughs> thing to do. It just shows how resilient you are. And so really where we want to take this conversation, because you started with your mother, yes, is because we're talking about gratitude, mm -hmm. we had a whole thing that happened where you became grateful to your mother for being the way she was, not for not being the way she was. And we can do yes. the same thing with your husband. 
if he yes. had been neat as a pin, if he had been not a slob, but he still wasn't the right husband for you. No, he wasn't. Would you have maybe stayed with him longer had he been neater? This is the whole point of this podcast is because through Marjorie and talking about what my childhood was like, I did not have good feelings toward my mother. And Marjorie brought up the point that I am who I am because of my mother, because of my ex-husband, because of the relationships I've had in my life. So instead of saying, wow, you know, I really, I don't understand you. I don't get you. And I think that you're a piece of crap for what you did to me. It's more of thank you for being who you were and are because I am who I am because of that. Well, not only because of that, but it enabled you to go deep down inside and find the resources you need to free yourself from those behaviors so that you could become your own person. So it's not like because your mother was a religious fanatic, you are who you are. It's because you came up with a resourcefulness and with strategies and solutions to get you out of that situation. That doesn't mean she was bad, but she was a catalyst for you. Very true. And that, that brought up something else that you talked about, too, about good and bad, and that nothing is good or bad. Right. Well, Shakespeare said it. Many people have said it. There is nothing good or bad, but thinking makes it so. So it's if you judge some behavior to be bad, then you're setting that up as that's your enemy, that's what you have to fight against. Right. Instead of, how is it serving me that this situation exists? I just remember walking out of your house that day, and mm -hmm. I felt like I left with a gift. <laughs> I did. Because I, I don't know how anyone else feels about this. When If you go for help for something, whether you go to a doctor or you go see a counselor, you want to walk out with something and feel like you got what you paid for, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I walked out of your house that day, and I got more than what I paid for. Well, it's because you were able to see that your mother, being who she was, actually was a gift to you. She was a blessing in your life because you're not still in New Jersey. Where were you in? The, where were uh, you in New, Queens? New York, Queens. In yeah. Queens. You're not still there. Right. You chose a different life. You chose a different path. And your process of getting away from your mother actually brought you to a life of abundance, a lot of joy a lot of beauty and you're surrounded by it and because you had the tool of being very very demanding about how you wanted your surroundings that is once again if you see it as a blessing then you don't overuse it you say oh good i'm going to make sure i have the surroundings that i want not i can't live if i don't it's i have the power to make sure it happens and that's how you make different choices than just leaving yourself in a situation that's untenable for you. You didn't stay married to that guy. No, I couldn't. And so you can say, thank you, Ron, for being exactly who you were because it enabled me to see who I am and I am a woman that doesn't want to live this way. Well, let's talk about something else that I know I brought up to you mm -hmm. about the forgiveness factor. Mm -hmm. And I was able to forgive my mother, but this is a very recent thing within the last six months. Well, the question is, though, when you still harbored resentment towards your mother, you had forgiven her. But that meant, and this is stuff I studied when I was studying with John Martini. It was very helpful to me to learn this. If you forgive someone for something, what you're saying is, you caused me more pain than pleasure. And because you did that, I'm going to forgive you. 
But in the actual truth, your mother didn't cause you more pain than pleasure because the pleasure was you finding your voice and you finding your spirit and you breaking out of a situation that you didn't want to be in. And that's still who you are. That's true. And so instead of forgiving her by thanking her and seeing that what she actually did was a gift to you, was a blessing, that frees you from the resentment. Forgiveness doesn't free us from resentment. That's true. Because I... It's still wallowing un, in there. Well, it's still harboring underneath. And yeah. I did, after I went through that forgiveness process uh -huh. for me, I did feel peace, which was something yeah. I never felt. And that's a step. Right. And I'm not saying it's wrong. You know, people say, I'm sorry and I forgive you. That's just a way we kind of live right now. But what I'm talking about is it's like an intermediate step. I forgive you. I'm sorry. First of all, one of the things that happens is you're sort of setting yourself up. If you actually believe someone caused you more pain than pleasure, then you have a belief that it's possible, so it'll keep repeating. And odds are really good that that very same person will repeat behavior that causes you more pain than pleasure in your perception. Okay. And if you say, I'm sorry, the likelihood is that you believe that you caused them more pain than pleasure. And then you will probably do that again also because those basic beliefs are actually false. Because at the same moment that your mother was causing you pain in your perception, she was also helping build the strong woman that you are. And so if you can see the balance, that's what I love about understanding the quantum physics of emotions. Particle to antiparticle. If there is a, a negative going on over here, if you find the positive and you crash them in on each other and give them equal value, boom, it creates light, which is that feeling of lightness that you left the house with. It's not only light of like divine light, like the, the light of, of the universe or God, but it's also, it lightens you. Right, because it's taking away something that was very negative that sits inside and, and, uh -huh. and for me just was always there. And it weighs you down. It does weigh you down. And so even though you had gone through that intermediate step, it's called indifference. And indifference yep. actually does not solve a problem. It does not. It doesn't. It just puts you in a sort of stasis that, you know, okay, I forgave my mother. I still hope I never see her again. <laughs> yeah. Okay? And when you actually go to gratitude, and I suggest that you keep this gratitude exercise going, where you can think of, I gave you that sheet with all the different ways you can feel gratitude. If, if you keep it going, you get to the point where you actually have tears in your eyes and you say, thank God my mother was exactly that. And I wouldn't have her in any other way. And I hope my children and my children's children have somebody in their life that is that big a catalyst to them to find their inner selves. Find themselves, that's so true. And in, in actuality, as we talked about the last time, I think it was the last time when we were talking about your issues with Jordan, your son, uh -huh. you standing up to him, with him being so angry at you, that is actually the same kind of catalyst. It catalyzes him to have to find himself. He can't go, it's my mother's fault if I'm happy, it's my mother's fault if I'm sad. 
that's actually not true. It's not possible. We can't make somebody else happy. No, that's true. And so you, your mother couldn't have made you happy no matter what. This but is true. But by being such a strong force in your life, it created movement in you that catalyzed you to reach into yourself and find your voice and exercise it. And through the years, you've done it over and over and over. It didn't work out with Ron, so you moved on. And every single time something doesn't work out for you, you move on. You're right. That's power. I, it's funny, I don't look at it that way because I don't, I, I don't have that aerial view, so to speak, to see what's power and what isn't. I just know that when something, it doesn't work for me. I put it very bluntly. If I hit the wall on something, there's going to be some change. Yeah. Yeah. And the point is that I've been coaching people for 45 years. Nobody has ever made a change unless they felt they had to. Mm -hmm. Unless it had something to do with their sense of life and death within themselves. I don't want to live this way anymore. I feel like it's killing me. And I'm going to get out of it. I'm going to change it. And a lot of people say, well, I recommended someone come see you. And, but they didn't do it. I said, they're not ready yet. It's mm -hmm. not bad enough yet. Right. Because when it's bad enough, you'll face it and you'll move through it. Right. And so what your mother did, she gave you a crash course in bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a gift. Because you, you know, I know you now just for, you know, several months, but I have a feeling you've been a strong spirit throughout your life. Yeah, I think I have too. No, you're right. I think for me it was, like I said a little earlier, is that it was pretty much staring me in the face, hiding in plain sight. But I couldn't see it, maybe because I didn't want to see it, wasn't able to see it. Well, I think part of why we want to hold on to resentment toward people is because we get a seeming pleasure from that. Like, I have a reason to not like my mother. You know, and I, I don't get along great with, with a couple of my sisters, one, well, with two of them. You know, but I spend a lot of energy just loving them for being who they are. In fact, the other day when I thought about this, I thought this was kind of funny. I thought, you know, one of the reasons it's really, I'm really grateful to my sister that I don't spend time with is because I don't really want to sit at a boring family dinner with I'm not having fun. I think I think a lot of people out there are going, yeah, that's all right, Marjorie. And so thank you, sister, because it's not my it's not my thing anymore. And so now that I'm in my seventies, I'm not going to go backwards and do those perfunctory things which right. I'm supposed to do, which I did religiously throughout my life. I took care of so many people, made sure they were comfortable. It took me years to go. Wait a minute, how do I feel? What, do right. I what want? about me? Right. What about me? But you did that really early. You said, what about me? I'm out of here. And you made choices. And yes, we married people we didn't want to stay with. That's still a choice. Right. Choice to do it, choice to not stay there. And so if we go back to the source of my freedom was enhanced by my mother's behavior and your freedom even then, it wasn't like you became free years later. You had a taste of freedom each time you were. Yes, I did. So it wasn't uh, like one of the things this guy, John DiMartini, taught me was about synchronicity. It's not that a bad thing happens and years later you can have a good thing from it. At the very same moment that the bad thing is happening, there's good in that very moment. And that's why I love the concept of gratitude. Because gratitude kicks 
starts me and jumps me into that understanding that they're the good and bad are equal so that I can get to the light. And every time I feel that light, that moment of, wow, I wouldn't have it any other way. I know I'm evolving consciously and conscious evolution is very important to me, being a spiritual being like I am. What's really kind of cool about this whole thing for me is that I'm going to be experiencing another change in about another week. And guess what? I'm looking forward to it. You want to talk about your change? I can't. Okay. I can't on this podcast. Yeah. Okay, that's way cool. It's way cool. So I look forward to hearing about it. And and I look forward to telling you all about it Mm -hmm. because it's taking a habit that I've had for the last six years and I'm changing it up Uh to do something different. I love that. And so it means trying something else that's different and changing my mindset. And I'm looking forward to it. So can you see that there's a link between that and gratitude for your mother and gratitude for Ron and gratitude for Jordan? All those people, those three people that I know clearly about. Right. All three of them have been a catalyst for you to stand up for yourself, listen to your inner voice. Very true. And go in the direction that works for you. Yes. And one of my goals is that I don't want people to have to wait until they're 65 or 70 to have that feeling no, of power within I themselves. I want, that's why we started Great Girls Network. I want women to find their voices. I want women to stand for themselves and not at, to the detriment of anybody else. Because here's the other thing that I've proved over and over and over again. When you are grateful, anything that happens actually doesn't hurt anybody else. Like, for example, I divorced my husband when I was, um, I divorced divorced three husbands, (laughs) but the one that I was with longest, we were together 15 years, and he adopted my son and was a dad for my son for a few years until he drank too much. And I put up with it and put up with it. But once I divorced him, I not only set him free, but I set my son free. Mm. Because it turns out, when he got a divorce, he got to go live where he wanted to live. He wanted to live in the mountains of North Carolina. He wanted to have a very different life. He didn't like running a business. We were partners in our business. And he didn't love doing that. And he used to tell me, how do you do that? And I'd go, well, it's so easy. You do this and this and this. And he'd go, he liked being a salesman. So he went off and became a salesman for a company where he had no responsibilities for running the company. So what seemed to him to be horrible was actually freeing him up. Mm-hmm. And what seemed to be uh, hard for my son, he had to face the fact that for years his dad hadn't really been there for him. And so he went on and found his way on his own and found his own voice. So there were good things going on at that same moment that there were bad things going on. I believe one of my favorite sayings is, I can find a rainbow in a shitstorm because there is a rainbow in a shitstorm. Yes. Yes, something good is coming out of whatever seems bad at that moment in time. So all I'm saying to you is now you have some new terminology and you've broadened your perspective to see that understanding there's a rainbow means you can be grateful for the shitstorm. That's very true. Because the shitstorm brings you the awareness of the rainbow. Yes, so this is just the change in perspective allows me to see something in a different light, in a more positive light, Mm -hmm. that's way more freeing than just saying, I forgive you. Mm -hmm. Because I forgive you, once again, gets you to that place of indifference. Right. And I forgive you, but I don't really want to ever see you again. (laughs) And I can actually be around my sisters, and I'm fine. Right. It's not like I I don't like them. I, I love them. They're my sisters. 
we just don't have a lot in common. And that's okay. They've given me a gift by being totally who they are. So right. I can love them for that. And you have and you have the ability and the right to make a choice to do what you want to do. Exactly. <laughs> right? I mean, how, how many of us feel like we get stuck in the corner sometimes and we're always trying to please someone else instead of you're never really looking at yourself and saying, well, what pleases me? I count for something. And the point is, too, that it's not black or white. Like, right. we have degrees of awareness. I realize now that I've been working this system for many years, but it comes in layers. I still have caught myself overdoing for someone and feeling at odds about it and feeling used or whatever. It's just another learning process. So my goal is whenever I'm aware of something that I find uncomfortable or unpleasant or bad, I'm going to look for how I can be grateful for it right then. Right. So that it doesn't mean I won't ever have bad experiences again. It means that I mitigate the experience more quickly. And one of the other great things I learned from this guy, John Martini, really smart guy, he said, your amount of wisdom on any subject is measured in the amount of space time it takes to see crisis as blessing. You want me to say it again? Yeah, say that again. Your amount of wisdom on any subject is measured by the amount of space time it takes to see crisis as blessing. What a concept, huh? Yeah, it's a good one, though. It's so true. If you speed up the process by looking for the rainbow right. and knowing, ah, that rainbow makes me grateful because the difficulty challenged me, you're faster along the path. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I love that I really got from doing all those studies all those years was that challenge and support are simultaneous. Okay. So if I feel like I'm being challenged by something, what happens to me inside is that I go deep and I find my stuff, my strength, my okay. strategies, my mind. I use my mind, I use my energy, I use my efforts to move out of it. Okay. At that very moment, that I'm feeling challenged, that is actually a support to me of finding all that that I find inside myself. It is simultaneous. That makes sense. And if you're being very supported and sort of coddled, like remember when we said to you, you don't have to take care of Jordan anymore. He's 25 years old, he's a man. Let him find his way. By you coddling him and taking care of him for so long, it actually created a challenge inside him that it made it harder for him to break out and be on his own. And so simultaneous to your support of him, you were challenging him to figure out a way to break out of it. And the way he did it was by being angry at me. But you know what? That's the way a lot of boys free themselves from their moms. It doesn't, his, his anger doesn't bother me because it's part of his process of coming through his shitstorm. okay? His, yeah. his, what he has to do to find his voice and do for himself. Exactly. And so the, because you see that from that kind of perspective, you're not sitting there moaning about your son. I you're really able not, to just no. send him love. Right. So that he's free to go through his process. So you setting him free from your financial purse strings actually was the challenge that gave him the ability to support himself. Isn't that oh, cool? That's very cool because I've never looked at it that way, but it's true. Yeah. So there's no time or space between good and bad. It's just that we perceive it that way. Right. Well, I know for me, just being grateful for my mother and who she was and still is, 
takes away the resentment that I found that was always there, it never went away, of mm -hmm. I'm going to do this different from my mother because I didn't like the way she did it. Mm -hmm. But it made me a better parent, okay? It made me choose to do something different. Mm -hmm. And I was happy with the way I chose to do something yeah. different. That was because you listened to your inner voice. You did the thing you thought was right. But it, it's, it's uh, this is... This is so way nicer, <laughs> way nicer to just say thank you yeah. because, and it's legit uh -huh. and it's real. It's not like, you know, you could just say to somebody, well, you know, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings or whatever. And you could, maybe you meant it, but maybe you walk, maybe you just said it to make that person feel better and you mm -hmm. walked away and then whatever. I'll tell you a funny story. One day I like to go to the gym and ride the uh, recumbent bike and there are only three of them and they have a 30 minute limit on them. And one day, all the bikes were taken up, and I had noticed that I had come in when this woman was well underway on the third bike. And I knew that she'd passed the 30-minute limit. So okay. I walked over her, and I tapped on her, and I said, you've gone over the limit. And she turned to me, and she started yelling, don't tell me what to do, and all this stuff. And she just started yelling at me, and I was like, <laughs> I was like wow, that is wild. Okay, she's really upset. And, and then she went, I said, well, I can wipe it off. She said, I wipe off my own. Because, you know, we take the sure. towels and wipe off. She said, I wipe off my own. I clean my machines and all this stuff. And I was like, okay. And all I could think of was to say, thank you. <laughs> I just kept saying thank you to her. And I just stood there and I kept saying thank you. And that was the way that I moved through that moment. And I thought, wow, what an opportunity to just be grateful that she got to express herself and that I didn't have to get mad back. And I was grateful for that. I was grateful for a challenge to really ask myself, am I mad at her? Do I have anything against her? Do I want to have a fight with her? And I just thought, no, I really don't. It just doesn't mean anything to me. That was a funny little experience. No, but I'm, I'm wanting sure. you to see that gratitude and appreciation aren't just these big things. They can be every day, minute by minute. In fact, I believe I have this saying called gratitude, appreciation, and self-discipline are the keys to freedom. Gratitude for what is, as it is. Like this lady's yelling at me. Okay, thank you, lady. Appreciation, which enhances that gratitude, and includes all the individuals and elements in the universe that brought forth that for which I'm grateful. And self-discipline, I pay attention to what goes in my mind and out my mind, in my ears and out my mouth. And so if I'm being hypervigilant toward myself and paying attention to what I'm grateful for and paying attention to what I appreciate and thinking, do I want to think that thought? Is that right for me or not? Then I don't have a lot of time to be judging other people and being mad at them or being involved in really difficult conflicts with people. It just, it's just not part of my daily life. So when it shows up, I almost find it's funny. Okay, I'm going to try that when I drive. I, I'm really going to give that a shot and hope for the best. Well, you know, when I drive, I, li I listen to things like podcasts because what I decided was I just don't want being on the road to be a problem because I, right. I don't want to have a car crash. I really don't. I've, you have had a crash. I've had a bad crash when I was 18, and it changed my life dramatically. I, I don't want another one. Right. And when I lose my bearings, the older I get, the more at risk I am. 
So I just drive with my podcast and I look and make sure I'm when I back up, I take extra care and I think right. somebody thinks I'm an old lady, but I don't care. I'm going to be careful because I don't want to hit anything or anybody. Right. So I just try to make it more of a Zen experience. I'm going to try that on the road. I've tried to be better on the road. It's just so frustrating. Now, maybe listening to a podcast would be more inspiring than because I listen to music all the time. But, you know, music can get old after a while. They play the same crap over and over again. And I wonder if it would be better to just listen to somebody else's thoughts. Well, here's what I do. I'm a big fan of you, of course. And I also listen to this guy named Mark Marin. And he's a funny little Jewish comedian. I call him Will because I have no idea what he looks like in person. I don't know. But my dad was a wonderful little Jewish guy, and it just kind of feels familiar to hear him talk. He doesn't talk like my dad at all. There's no way. But this is just the feeling Something of it. Something there, right. But he interviews celebrities. He interviews actors, producers, writers, comics. He's a stand-up comedian. He interviews a lot of comedians. And they tell their stories of their lives. And he talks to them for an hour, sometimes longer. And they really, he has this amazing way of asking questions that gets them to tell what really happened and how they got from here to there. Mm. Like to hear an actor that you like to see on the screen, if you hear how they started and then how they ended up being where they are today, it's fascinating I'm to sure me. it's interesting. So to me, they're great stories. It's like reading books, biographies that I don't take the time to read while I'm driving. And I do them where they start and stop. If I stop the car, it goes off. Then when I start up the car again, because it's on the back on. it goes back on. Okay. I'll have to try that. And it's been on my mind to do it. I just haven't gone through the process of figuring out how to do it on my car, because I'm sure I can get it. And I know who to listen to. I have a list of people. Mm -hmm. And that might be more interesting than thinking about giving people the middle finger on the road. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I don't do you know, it, but, I, but it, it's just so frustrating to drive. Well, the way I feel is they've got their problems, too. True. And like the little old lady that I got on to the tollway this morning, and there was a lady whose blinker was on as if she was going to go left from the right lane. She never did, and finally I got around her, and it was a very small little lady driving like this. And I thought, well, she's doing the best she can. So right. am I going to be mad at her? I just haven't got it in me. Yeah. Well, I hope that everybody appreciated what we had to say today, because gratitude is a big thing. And I thought I was grateful before, and I know I'm grateful for so many things. First of all, for surviving an accident. Yeah. For number one. But just being grateful for what I have and who's in my life. So I'm going to challenge you one more time. Okay. I stopped calling the crash I was in an accident. Okay. Because I decided if there is a divine order to life, and we're all part of it, and where is God not, I can't find it, then maybe that crash was my liberation from one way of being into another. Oh, for me it definitely was. And so that's why it wasn't an accident. It was a crash that I experienced that I'm deeply grateful for. So kind of change the terminology of it. That's, I, because I, that's what I mean by the pay attention, what goes in my mind and out my mind, in my ears and out my mouth. Does that word match my experience? I ask myself those questions. No, that, that accident was that life event. That crash. That crash was the best thing that ever happened to me. And so here you are, mm -hmm. learning all these things, helping all these people with traumatic brain injuries, having a life that you find so rich and so rewarding, doing these podcasts, what a blessing. It is a blessing, so true. And it was a blessing right then, because it challenged you to find the inner streets to live through it. No doubt about it. 
that's yeah. my challenge, last challenge for the day, I think. No, that's okay, because that's a good one. And I've had someone else say that to me before, too, and I need to just readjust how I, yeah, it was a crash. See, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because this, this is going to sound lame. Coming from New York, an accident is a car crash, mm -hmm. okay? And you called it a crash. So that's probably what they call it here in Texas. They call it a no, wreck. They call, they call it them accidents. And I just stopped believing that there anything is accidental. No, I don't think it was accidental. I just believe there's a, an infinite intelligence governing what we do. That doesn't mean that we don't have freedom of choice. But my goal is to reach that place where thy will and my will are one. Where I am understanding that I'm part of a bigger world, but that I'm fully participating consciously in it. Right. Well, I hope everyone got something out of that today to be grateful for what you have in your life. Be grateful for those challenges and difficulties that you have because they're there for a reason. They're there because you can find yourself and be grateful for what's going on. I'm grateful for the change I'm going through next week. I can't wait to I'm hear excited. about it. Yeah, I <laughs> actually I can't wait to share it with to. you. I just know that some people dread change. Mm -hmm. I'm actually looking forward to it. This is exciting. I'm, I'm excited about it. So I hope everyone got something out of that today. And I am, we'll definitely have Marjorie on a podcast again. I mean, you, you're just so cool to do a podcast Thank with. Thank you. But anyway, you can talk to me at kickitwithdonna.com. Donna at kickitwithdonna.com. You can comment on this episode. You can comment on any of my episodes. In fact, I think this is number 53. Either or, we're in the 50s. So, you know, great things happen here in the 50s. I know, I can speak for that. These are great. These are great. So uh, you can also check me out on Facebook at Kick It With Donna and also on Instagram as well. And I do have two books out there. You can go to Kick It With Donna to order them if you are a book reader. I also have them on audiobook. One is called Headstrong, Surviving a Traumatic Brain Injury Without Losing My Mind. And the second one, and that, that one's about my crash. Mm -hmm. And the second one is called Heartstrong, Overcome Obstacles and Live Life to the Fullest. Because we all have those obstacles. I guess it's how you choose to go through them and come out of them that makes all the difference. It made a big difference for me and still makes a big difference for me. So thank you for joining me today. I really enjoy your watching. And anytime you have any comment, please let me know. And I, I would like to write you back. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.